0: a waltz
1: or key in the lake? Well, this is is a key in the lake. Welcome back to the Key in the Lake Podcast, the premier whiskey podcast, now with the mention of whiskey in the title. You might hear that ambiance behind me because we are recording live once again from the Wisconsin Whiskey Festival, the inaugural Wisconsin Whiskey Festival here in Milwaukee at the downtown Hilton with me today on my second episode. You already missed the first episode. Uh, Who was the first? uh, Ross right over here from Old Elk. And then also our good friend Eric Rosentretter from Woodinville also joined in. Eric's a good dude. I was hanging out with him at Indulge the other week, and we had a time and a half. I don't believe a word you just said. That's unfortunate, because I'm on your podcast. No, that's true. That's true. Well, welcome back to the podcast, Nick Brady Moss. Thanks for having me. it was been a long time. I really miss you. Blender, distiller, founder, friend, uh, all-around gem of a human being um, from uh, Dancing Goat Distillery. Um, and, we yeah, just thought we would have you back on to, you know... Hang out. Talk whiskey. This has been hanging out at your distillery all day. We had a good day today. You yeah. saw some cool shit today. What's happening at the distillery right now? Right now, uh, there's,
0: there's consumers in there for the tasting room, obviously. MJ's probably mowing the lawn because he is uh, our gift from God for that. And uh, I don't think they're doing a gin school today. I think they have one tomorrow. But we just launched our gin school, which is pretty sweet, which is an opportunity for consumers to come in learn about gin it's history safety yeah. you know, we've got to talk safety and then we just set them up on a moonshine rig and they rip themselves and it's great well it's not a moonshine rig because this is legal it's tax paid <laughs> we're in our distillery sean's going to be like why would you say that um but God yeah it's you. a great opportunity for consumers to learn how to come in and, and, and unlock the mysteries of like what well, we say is distilled but what does that even mean right and you can do it yourself that's a pretty good cool opportunity
1: it's uh it's in a beautiful space too Thank the, you. the room's beautiful. You overlook the entire distillery, which is awesome to have because how many how many how often do you have get a good chance to sit inside of a distillery and learn how to distill? Exactly. and especially right there in the middle of our production facility, you have the ferments rolling right outside, we're ripping
0: the still right there. Right. It's it's nestled literally in the in the complete center of all the action. It's it's a really cool space. And I'm really proud of my whole team for getting it done. Sean really I mean moved mountains to get that done. Patrick moved mountains to get that done. And uh, you know, Josh helped out a lot and a lot of other people helped out too and just I'm just so proud of my team for finally getting it rolling because it's been its idea and this dream for so long and then finally it's like well last night we did the first one you know well that was the first one last night last night was the inaugural we'd done two soft or three soft like launches um industry people family and friends and then last night was the first one that was like legit booked online we don't know these people coming oh, in baby. oh yeah it was very satisfying day yesterday I took a phone call in there you did. You took yeah. a phone call in there. You looked great. I mean, you matched the ambiance, you know, That's refreshing, right. cool, crisp, great. When people think of Jake Hucky, they think of gin. I, I think that when, and not to burst your bubble, but when people think of Jake Huckey, they think piercing eyes and they question themselves. They say, they, they say, this man is making me feel things I've never felt before. I should probably go home and get with my wife real quick.
1: Well, they might think that, but they also might just get in the car, start driving off west. And never end. I, I think that's more of a—it's more of a plea of desperation and freedom that they need from themselves, and I can provide that for them because they want to get the hell away from me. Or maybe they're
0: just driving as far as they can until they realize that they're finally great enough to reapproach you again. Oh, well, that's very sweet of you. Have you ever just driven and not stopped? I mean, obviously I've stopped because I'm here with you now, but I have—I have just you know, driven.
1: Yeah. I've driven. Yeah, I'm taking a drive. You know, taking a drive too. I had some fun. I don't believe that whatsoever. I don't think you've ever had fun in your entire life. You know, when life is a dance floor, mm. you gotta huck some moves, man. Yeah. You know, you gotta hucky some moves, man. Like I told you last night, why walk when you can dance? Why dance when you can moonwalk? This interview's over. Thank you for your time. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> no, um, there's a lot changing, and the lo- first time that Callum and I took the little journey up to good old whiskey city usa for people that don't know what whiskey city usa is it's cambridge wisconsin obviously calum and i went there in the spring of 2021 Um, i believe it was march around the ncaa tournament time the iowa hawkeyes i believe lost that evening they did it was awful probably and we saw the bones of what you had envisioned to create a dancing goat and now coming back a year and a half later and seeing that still in production seeing the awesome fermentation you're doing right now with this amazing different corn and a mash bill that no one else is really probably doing out there in the world i'd assume based on it hey someone's doing it and someone's i can go i
0: can go into more of of, of the mash bill too because i'd love you know i yeah. love to get technical yeah, um, yeah but it's, the, it's just
1: amazing to see that like, it all come to fruition now i'm so proud of you guys i really appreciate you know it's like we were saying earlier i'll post pictures online thank you yeah. appreciate that i already posted one of you right now right now Right now, I'll show you. Oh, dang! But oh, yeah, tell 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 me about what you guys were had going on in the mash mashup today. Yeah, for sure. Um, and again,
0: thank you for coming. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. So today we were running. Well, this you know we run. Oh, that guy. Hey, gorgeous. hey, heck yeah, gorgeous, heck yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Thanks for catching my good side there. Oh, so um, good sides. So this what we usually do is we run lots, and so we'll run multiple. Um, we'll run multiple batches of the same thing that makes like every day we'll distill another fermenter, not every day, but every day that we distill, we'll do a fermenter of the same thing. And that's how we kind of control our, our production, our barrel usage, our cleaning cycles. And so right now what we're cooking is a 49 barley malt bourbon and the uh, 51% corn addition is a Hopi blue corn from Michigan. Uh, so the varial itself is a deep blue. It's almost, this stuff is actually almost an indigo. It's an heirloom corn variety. Um, an heirloom is a, is a way to say, you know, it's a, it's a corn that really hasn't been too messed. I mean, I think theoretically, it should be not messed with at all, but it hasn't been, but you know, humans have done a lot of things. Um, but uh, I think the idea of an heirloom is it hasn't really been genetically modified for commoditization. And so um, the one that we were running, um, the endosperm, which is where a lot of the starch sits in the corn, it hasn't been optimized. Um, and so it had, does still have a good amount of, of lipid in the corn. Which adds like a soft nuttiness to the corn itself, which just gives a little more flavor uh, to that element of the bourbon. And then the color of it is what's really magical. You know, when we cook it, um, when we start mashing, it's a deep purple. And then once we've caramelized all the starches and the sugar, converted the sta- converted the sugars, the starches into sugars and caramelized those, it turns almost black. And so as it ferments, it then turns back to purple, which is really cool. Which we see were seeing purple. today. Yeah, absolutely. And you were seeing it happen, like, in front of us. Yeah.
1: We, and the stuff you, that was in the still was purple. Because you know? changed the hue of the color changed from the time that I got there to the time when we were leaving for lunch. Isn't it cool?
0: Yeah. It's just crazy. And that's the yeast at work. You know, that's them doing what they, that's them doing what they do. When, you do you, when do you put your yeast in? We, oh, so we do it right after we, uh, so we'll cook, and then we transfer and we'll pitch almost right away. So what we're looking to do is we're looking to cool the 94 degrees, and then once we hit that 94, we'll pitch our yeast, we do a dry pitch. Um, we're using... Hey, what's up, Jeff? We're using a FSI 917 right now on this yeast, which is a firm solutions yeast, which is the guys from Wilderness Trail. Um, and uh, on this one, we actually did something really cool that we tested. We actually pitched an extra 500 grams of yeast. Uh, I was talking to their distiller who had, who had mentioned this with this specific strain. And we think we got maybe just a little more yield out of it we'll see when we do the paperwork um mj it's probably doing the paperwork now for me thank goodness because someone's got to do it um yeah but uh and uh it's uh yeah it's a really interesting mashable it's a very unique one and um you know it's just it's just so cool looking and that's really what we're looking to do is we're looking to do unique fun interesting things and we're looking to assess them see if they have value and learn from them and um you know it's the same with like the Gin school and with the rick house like we're trying to get in-depth on our distillates to know what do we like, how did it end up that way, and can we do it again? And do we want to? You know, one of the, one of the freedoms that we have at the Dancing Goat is our focus isn't on making the same thing every time. Our, our focus is on celebrating the whiskey that we're blending at that time. And, uh, and that's been liberating. You know, that's been a lot of fun. Do you find it more... <laughs>
1: Had my first whiskey ever. And then and haven't even drank yet. <laughs> Get in there. We have some whiskey in front of us. We have a dancing goat. Do you mind if I Please pull crack off? that buddy?
0: Oh yeah. Oh, this is the Huck Daddy.
1: Yeah. Do you find it uh, do you find it more freeing now that you are making you're distilling your own whiskey and you have the blending that you've been doing since day one with the distillery, getting that sourced whiskey but made it to the requirements of what you wanted it to be. But now you're going to have the opportunity to experiment with this. It's Hopi, right? Hopi, yeah. yeah. Um, with that corn and other corns and other varietals just like that and using the soft and, pre- and precious grains that you want for it. Uh, so,
0: Mike Dolwell from Exploring Brew Pub. What's oh, up, baby? How you hey. doing? Call him. He's great. He's at the Exploring ta- Brew Pub in town we've, here.
1: We've talked before somewhere. I know. his 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 brewery's
0: sick it's a traditional room I mean you, you go. dude come come on dude let's yeah. do it dude yeah. absolutely
1: um, Wisconsin Whiskey Fest everybody fuck yeah yeah you just never know what's gonna happen people just might show up and drop business cards out of <laughs> nowhere <laughs> but we uh, I, I, f- I sense a calmness in you like a less frantic chaotic sense of I gotta get over here I have all these ideas in my head and now you're starting to do put those ideas actually in to process it's, it's coming alive you know, we've, um, we're at a
0: place now where we've, we've gone through some employees. We brought some other employees on that are um, that are helping streamline some things. The employees that have been here for a long time, they're stepping into roles very strongly and they're putting in hours and they're learning on the go. And I think when we first met, we were in a place where we'd just gotten this rickhouse. Every all the wood was warping in it. We had to get all these barrels in from MGP. We were trying to figure out, there's one of my guys right there, Fred Swanson. We were trying to figure out, you know, um, how to load this thing. And then the head frame. We were trying to get the head frame Ooh. to work. And, you know, we've, That's great, isn't it?
1: Dude, this tastes like uh, um, those candy cough drops to kids. The the little cherries. Ludens bomb, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So this is a corn whiskey with a KWS uh, a spice cherry um, bitters finish on it. This is a single barrel that's going out to Missouri. Bastards. I know. They, they got some heat coming out there. So but um, uh, Yeah, Macadoodles has taken some in, absolutely. And, um, yeah, the... Uh, the uh,
1: Sorry, to we'll get back no, to... You're you. good, no, you're all good. Those guys, I,
0: love those, I love those guys out there. The Missouri guys are great. Um, but the I, the idea that, like, we've all grown at the Dancing Goat, myself included, and people are stepping into roles and, and, and you know, embracing their own roles and, and learning more and pushing the boundaries. And with this new equipment set that we've got in, we've learned a lot on it. And, you know, I'm at a place now where I used to spend... 15 hours a week ripping apart one still to, to pull a of whiskey off of it. And now I'm at a point where like, we finally, I ate my ego. We went to Vendome. Um, we got a Vendome set in and thank God I ate my ego because, you know, this is a still that I don't have to rebuild every week. Um, and I love my head frame, but um, we have an early version and we've, we've actually, we've probably put more gallons through a head frame than anybody. I think we put a little over a half a million. I think there's only one head frame in the country that's done more than that. And uh, as a, on a V2 system, that's that's a lot to go through there. And um, so with the head frame, we're actually gonna rebuild it, I think. We're gonna redo the column on it, um, try to make sanitation a little more sustainable on that. But um, having this new equipment set and having some of the new team members step in and having our business streamline and just kind of changing the way that we think about operating. And then myself, even growing a little bit myself, you know, the business is gonna be most successful if I empower my employees to, to grow and to, you know run with production and then i can work on marketing i can work on sales i can work on product development and what i really want to work on is finish good inventories blending and and finishing you know um like for instance my distiller ben he's grown so much and he's stepping into roles and he's able to operate on his own and i love it you know and our new new operator nick i mean he's killing it he's coming he's teaching us a lot about distillation and chemistry and process you know mike who's helped build our whole facility is helping us get all this equipment online and the stream I work in, you know, MJ's there every day doing anything we ask. I mean, and even he's asking us to do things that we need to do. Sean has brought a different element to the business. Sean's brought nothing. Sean's brought something. No, oh, he's, he's, something. he's the man. But all these, everyone has grown and stepped in and, and you know, there's more team members that I haven't mentioned, you know, like Jay, and Josh, and Patrick, and, and all these awesome people that have helped us just grow and have opened my time to learn and then have taught me more. And, Life has slowed down for me a lot because things are going well. And to be frank, you know, when we started this six years ago, things did not go how we planned. You know, and that's a bullet to eat. You know, with a high comp load and, and, and just the way that business works and the way that money works, the way that people work, and the way that the world works. And things, I'll be very frank, things didn't go how I thought. But now things
1: are. How, did, how did you respond to those initially?
0: I responded to those in a very poor way. I I stuck to what I thought my lane was. And I said I can't impact and make the changes that I need to in the areas that I need to so I'm going to focus on what I can do and that was the worst decision I could have made. The best decision I could have made would have been to, to turn and address those head-on and um, those are lessons I've learned you know and that's that's part of growing you know I mean I can I can crack a whip dude I can I can you know I can turn it still on and I can make juice come out you know and I can ferment the juice that I want but uh when we're talking about distribution issues like that's a like that's a vulnerability of mine. That's, that's, and I turned from it, but now I'm turning towards, I'm squaring up at it and I'm like, hey, let's do this. You know, and being flexible and learning and saying, you know, this is where I want my business to be and this is the man I have to be to do that. And this is the actions I can to take to do that. And these are the people I have to trust to do that. That's a whole life lesson in and of itself that I've learned in the last year and a half. You know? But we're at a place now where we have over 7,000 barrels in inventory. And we have a rick house, we're out of space. Um, you know, we got to sell some booze, you know, and, and it's time to do that, so let's do it, you know. Do you think having a family's helped with that? A hundred percent, hundred. you know, and especially the experience that we have and the, the people we can call for help and favors and advice. I mean, it's, it's really helped, but also at the same time, you know, my my brothers are involved in the business in very different ways, and then production and sales. Um, my dad is retired, and he's trying to enjoy being a grandfather. And it's it's time for Nicky Boy to step up. It's time for Nicky Boy to grow. It's time for Nicky Boy to learn. It's time for Nicky Boy to make his family proud. Come on, you kind of, Orient. Come on, you Orient. Come on, Orient. Where are we at, O's? Where are yeah. we at, O's? O's.
1: Is yeah, it's, it's a, how it goes.
0: It's been a. It's, I hope so. Well, <laughs> we'll learn when I go. But hello. It's been a lot of fun, you know, and, and that's really what we're here to do. We're here to have fun and celebrate my family. My my grandfather, my father, my mother and you know, my mother and a lot of people don't know this. My mother was the first female Gallo DM in the country. Um uh and that they never had one. You know, they actually had uh conversations and about she can't do this, she's a woman. This is in the early eighties. And she did it. You know, and, and she's our best saleswoman. You know, she's a part of the business too and and she's also the landlord. She, you know, <laughs> when, when there isn't revenue coming in, she's like, how are you going to pay your rent? You know, and having the whole family involved not only keeps me accountable, but it, it gives me a different type of motivation that other people don't have. And there's positive there's positive and negative. I mean, everyone can look at the type of business that we have and go, this kid, his family's money, they're doing this, he doesn't deserve it, Yada yada. But people need to realize that I've sat there for six years crying in my own distillery, trying to figure out how to make boost come out of this machine. You know, it's so like the money bought it, but I made it work. and uh, and I'm still trying to make it work and I'm not trying to sit here and say I'm the best ever I've never said that actually I've very said a lot of things very far from that but the idea that my family was able to give me this opportunity to celebrate my grandfather's
1: life in this way is crazy and I don't want to waste it absolutely and what's one example that you could share about where you thought this was going to be the right decision the outcome was going to be amazing it didn't turn out that way and you've had to readjust since then oh I can think of a couple um product wise maybe you want to stick to, like, product-wise? Yeah. No, yeah.
0: Um, I think that uh, Limousine Rye is a great example. And so we came out with Limousine Rye at three years old. Um, you know, we thought that people would support it, that we'd, have a, we'd be able to blend. It. Well, you know, let's, let's rewind, even, not even three-year limo, let's talk limo at all. We bought whiskey from a rye mash from MGP. No one sells that. The only people that sell anything like that is barrel bourbon, and they do, like, the dovetail is an American whiskey blend, and they don't talk about whiskey from a rye mash at all. They just do, like, bourbon mash, rye mash, all that stuff, blend it together and finish. But we went and we bought this stuff that was, it's not straight bourbon, it's not straight rye, it's not straight whiskey. And it's very, it's, it's hard to explain to people what we do. Like when we're talking about um, limousine rye and how we make it, how we finish it. It's not easy to explain what limousine rye is. I mean, we've, we've boiled it down to a really good message point, which is it's a double barrel cast finish whiskey from a rye mash, which means it's, it's rye that was aged used cooperage. But even that we have to explain to people. We have a solo era cast finishing process, then we have a proofing barrel that we go in. You know, it's, it's a convoluted thing. And one of the things that we often say is, you know, if we had bought half straight rye and half straight bourbon at the time that we bought all this, you know, whiskey from Rye Mash, we'd be in a very different position right now. And that is true. Um, but that, you know, I don't say that anymore because I don't want to be in a different position. I, I have an inventory that it's, you know, the cool thing about whiskey, if you have the space to store it, when things don't go your way and you don't sell as many cases or bottles as you thought you did, you end up with a shit ton of old whiskey. You know, and that's a good problem. I mean, you've said this to me once before um, as a comment. You made a comment to me once before when I made a comment about inventory and distributors. You go, well, at least you have inventory. And that was a really humbling statement for me. And that was something that, that made me reflect, you know, on like, well, how wasn't I full of gratitude today in a way? And I appreciate that. As a friend, I appreciate that because I like to be pushed like that. You don't even...
1: I don't remember saying that.
0: I can probably... Uh, I can probably... I can search my text, but I think it was actually on a phone call we were chatting. Mm-hmm. I think it was when I called you when you had the... Uh, the uh, new when you uh, FaceTiming yeah we facetime. you had the new um, Star 1 window, window display yes, yeah the window display Andersonville Law Spirits yep. go exactly. buy their single barrel I'm exactly. not promoting it whatsoever I mean I might go buy that single barrel um, but yeah that was the time but that and like, in that moment it's like it'd be great yeah Maybe. you can sit down for sure hell yeah um, you know we, uh, when we when we bought all that <laughs> when we bought all that whiskey for Rye Match, we are like well, if we had bought straight whiskey or straight Rye we'd be in a lot different position right now but yeah screw it who cares hey what's up dude what's your name the microphone's not working. <laughs> he got you on that one. This one's in it's not. I don't think. I don't know. They just
2: told me to come talk to you
0: on the podcast. Holy shit! You're
1: Dixon Deadman. Yeah. <laughs> Holy. <fuck. laughs> I don't. I don't. I knew who he was. <laughs> I just you're don't just have so, the. Turn that
0: mic on. I, I know. Here, what, I have mine. to. Dixon. Oh, no. Oh, Dixon, take oh, mine. No. Dixon. Take,
1: take mine. mine. No. No. I. I just I'm gotta. To, we're just gonna take a quick break, and I just gotta turn the recorder off and return it back on, and I will. One second. Yeah. Hey, and Nick and I are back, joined by a special guest, Dixon Deadman. Just sat down, Nick freaked out a little bit, turned the microphone off, and now here we are.
0: I had to get my fanboy off.
1: There we go, uh, there yeah. we go. We it's t- off, but
0: I'm still going to be respectful. What are we tasting over there? So he's got a, I asked him to try my rye, so he got the 15J1, which is our double double uh, platinum winner from the Escots. But then I poured him some of this, uh, I call it the Huck Daddy. So this is one of our, <laughs> our, our corn whiskey single barrels that's heading out to Missouri, and this one's going to McAdoodles. And so this is a really nice. cool single barrel. And so when I say single barrels, everything we do are blended single barrels. So I'm creating blends to make single barrels. And so this one is a KWS, which is a curse washer finish. And so we do a little bit of Kershwasher uh, brandy barrel finish, and then we mix it with a spice cherry bitters finish. And so we get a lot of really intense cherry notes, a lot of benzaldehyde activation out of that Kirschwasser, and then we get a lot of those spice cherry notes from the backside. And we just try to find a good balance between that sweet, that uh, that sweet, that spicy, and that fruity cherry. I
2: like, and you said, I want you to try this this is crazy. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I, 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 I did crazy. I'm, I'm all about right, crazy. And, right. and it, it like, and I was expecting super sweet. Yeah. Like it's all super, you know, I, but there's this great complexity where you've got the sweetness to the I was not expecting the spice like that kind of finish on the back of this thing. I awesome. really appreciate that. Yeah, Thank you.
0: Cool. Yeah, we um, the the inventory that this was finished out of it's an eight year, one hundred percent corn from MGP. And talking to Cameron at MGP and talking to, to Barry, um, we can't really figure out why it even exists because their corn whiskey is the ninety nine and no one really knows why it exists. But we uh, we ended up buying the lot of it when they were trying to clear out all their their you know non straight whiskeys. And um, we start, you know, like naked or unfinished, lacks tannin, lacks little body, tons of cream, ton of vanilla. And so what we really need to do is we need to hit it with enough flavor to balance that out because it lacks so much tannin. And so it's not tannin driven, it's, it's, it's fruit driven, right? And I, like, I don't,
2: I don't say this like I know anything about, but it's, it's just funny over the last 10 years, it's like th- these distilleries and these people, they're like, Oh, we got to, we got too many barrels. We got we got to clean out some of this. Like, oh, we found. I don't even you know. Half the right. time they're like, I, I'm not even really sure why we made this or when we <laughs> made this or who just signed off on this or what did it you know. It's, and it's it like their losses always ends up being someone else's gain. You know what I mean? Like, is I, that
1: kind of how you started with stuff like collecting barrels?
2: Yeah, I mean we were, we, you know, we, we wanted to do this and and you know at that point you just had to go. The, the market was different. The bulk market you know 15 years ago was completely different than it is now like you literally could go then and buy 15 barrels of five-year-old you know kentucky straight bourbon whiskey for a realistic price yeah. you know, yeah. nothing like it is today
0: yeah, right. yeah. now yeah. it's your first child
1: <laughs> if that, if not probably more. in a tote yeah. you know yeah what, what'd you say mtp barrels were going for now
0: It it depend. You know, right now MGP barrels, I mean, if you go off the ADI website, you can get like a four or five-year-old straight rye, 4,500, 5,000, 6,000, which is just crazy. If MGP will even sell you a barrel right now, it's going to be two years old at best. They're not going to sell you, I mean, I think they have two, three, and four in inventory, but a lot of that inventory is shrinking because they're trying to support their own brands and they've actually they've started cutting a lot of people out right. which is a really interesting part of the industry because you're seeing people like with Pritzker Capital picking up Bardstown and then acquiring Green River it's like well Green River has been cranking source inventory Bardstown has been cranking source inventory J.B. Pritzker gov- J.B. Pritzker governor of Illinois his brother runs the hedge fund or whatever the monetary oh, fund yeah. is but they see an economic That's opportunity his brother his bro- so J.B. Pritzker's the governor of yeah, Illinois yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then it's the Pritzker Capital His, his J.B. Pritzker left Pritzker Capital to be the governor right, yeah, essentially right, you right, know? Right, yeah. and it's like well I wonder if he's I voted for him. There you go. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Illinois resident speaks. Yeah. <laughs> but the amount of money that's going into, you know, especially like the biggest, I mean, I would call MGP the largest sourcer of whiskey or private manufacturer of whiskey in the country. With them kind of trying to step out of the game, oh, yeah. you know, Barstown Vermittures, they're going to step right in. You know, I think I've also heard that Brown Forum might actually start offering opportunities for source goods. And I mean, like, you know, I'm like, hey, you know.
2: I, I mean, I think, I, I think there's some of that. I, I do think, you know, they're, they're some of the big guys that to offset some of their costs for their expansion, you know, if we could take a third of what we're going to make the first year and turn it into cash, and that makes sense. I mean, they're all announcing $500, $700, $1.2 billion
1: investments. It's like, crazy. You know. and
0: Buffalo Trade's doing another one, and they, just, they did one a couple years ago. It's just nuts. They just keep stacking them on top of each other. You know Lux Row. I mean, what a. I love that facility. I mean, to build that place out of nowhere is, is crazy. But the the crazy story behind Lux Row is when when Donny Lux at LuxGo got cut out of sourcing from Heaven Hill. He's like, hey, what the heck am I going to do? And you know uh, Shapiro's like, you know what? I got this land. It's in Bardstown. I was going to build there. I'll sell it to you. You can use our engineers build this place. We're going to help you. We're sorry we're stabbing you in the back. But we're not going to stab you in the back. And they built Lux Row, and then you know, whoop picked up by mgp but then you look at like oh lux rose sitting on the property where the heaven hill expansion that's about to happen was supposed to go and like it's crazy to see how bardstown has has flourished and blossomed with all this development you know and now it's, it's very different now you know when uh you know when my grandfather was working down there a long time ago you know it you know it was industrial it wasn't romantic people didn't really want to do the tour i mean at that time you couldn't even drink in the county that jack was in they they used to find all the minis that they oh, gave yeah. people on the side of the road, you know. And now, I mean, the the tourism industry of bourbon is insane. It's it's in Kentucky. I mean, and even up here. I mean, like, this is this is a good amount of people to be at a Wisconsin whiskey festival. You know what I mean?
2: In truth, you know, if you if you wanted to get into this, and and you you raise some capital, yes, there's an investment in a distillery. But if you're just going to build an industrial production facility. You can build it in a metal building on a concrete pad and, and make fantastic whiskey, but the facility itself is not that expensive. I mean, the equipment, yeah, but, you know, the problem is, you know, now, because of what you're talking about, two-thirds of your, you know, of your spend is that visitor's experience and how you create, a you know, tasting result. You know, it's like, you know, it, it's different. It's like when you go to, you know, now that Barton to uh, bring it. Up, yeah, yeah, and they, yeah. they closed theirs. And, and I mean, I got to think, which is such a cool facility and, you know, but, you know, to the, the amount of money that, that they would have to spend to turn that facility into something that uh, compares to a lot of these other visitor centers and experiences, I mean, that, that thing is... That's a factory. It is just, it's a factory. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, it's a
1: chemical plant. uh, Is it necessary today for a distillery to to survive, to have that visitor experience?
2: I mean, I don't know about survive, but it's certainly a huge part of the marketing. I mean, you know, know, 10 years ago, when you came to Kentucky to visit these distilleries, um, they could give you a total of an ounce and a half you know, in in, in, in plastic cups, and, and that was it. They've changed all that legislation now, so that you know they can have a cocktail bar, they can have a, a, a restaurant. You know, uh, do food, and, and you know, they're updating and, and upgrading their culinary offerings and stuff like that. And so, you know, it, and that that's a that's a huge part of marketing your brand. I mean, if you're gonna go and visit six or eight, and this particular one has great food and and a great place to stay and have a couple cocktails or great you know you're automatically gonna think back when you go home and be like that
1: was you know that that." right are you becoming more of a tourist destination a visitor center than you are an actual distillery sometimes and if you go there like we i was at an unnamed distillery recently in kentucky and just the the whole experience the tour was not that great I like their whiskey, but I left there with, like, a salty taste in my mouth because they put so much effort into the tourism experience where the whiskey's kind of forgotten about and it takes the back seat. And then you leave there, like, yeah, we're going to buy a single beer on the way out the door, and it's like, no, let's just get out of here. I-, I mean, at a certain point
2: now, it's like, first of all, you're getting, like, I mean, how many times can you really come and hear 51% corn, aged and <laughs> new, charter, you know, whatever? Yeah. And, and they go, you know, and it's all this, you know, and then at the end of it, it's like, here's – here's a vodka we make and a you know what it's like no i mean i came here for like the whole thing like how do i get the where
0: are the barrels at, how do i man? get wait, the wait, good stuff they, I mean, where where go? let me taste yeah. the low one, when, you know? <laughs> do I pay off this? when do we
2: get to start drilling into stuff and, right uh,
0: the crazy thing to me is like when you when we look at we always talk about bourbon like it's the bourbon industry like it's one thing and like you you have people that you have non-distilling producers you have distilling producers you have small boutique craft producers then you have these large macro producers and like what i can really speak to is the craft producers because that's the category that i'm in and that's a lot of people who i deal with um, but with the craft market they're really looking to put 60 70 80 percent revenue through the tasting room at high margin sales at cocktail sales and merch to even pay the bills and when you start looking at what they're doing in kentucky they know that they're getting so much tourism they're getting so many people who are willing to travel but if it was just a little nicer they could have a bigger chunk with yeah no, oh, dis- yeah. I mean, and no you could take that like the bottles that we sell to the tasting room they don't go to a distributor you know we don't we don't have to go you know to accounts and sell it in and pay for sales reps i mean these people are just doing it and you start seeing, I think recently uh, in Kentucky, they made it official single barrels could be sold in a specific way. But before that, it was like, well, you know, people were making a lot of money selling single barrels through that tasting oh, room, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. And that's crazy. When you start thinking about like, when you start thinking like 60 to 70% of a business's revenue just to keep the lights on through the tasting room, but this person built a, a chemical factory to sell ethanol and distribution. Well, one, it's not sustainable, it's going to pop, right? But then two, it's a, you know, it's a broken model because on one half, the industry is so skewed one way and the other half, like in Kentucky, it's ethanol and chemical plants and it's like, oh, you want to come see what we're doing? Uh, Sure, go ahead, you know? And now they're starting, like you're saying, they're starting to put that money in, they're starting to turn things around. Like to go to Bardstown, uh, could go to Bardstown and eat that dinner, the
1: idea that you could eat in a restaurant like that in Bardstown, I mean, that's crazy. You know what I mean? That's absolutely crazy. Right. Do you find it profitable for your distillery to do that, marketing-wise? I guess is it good to have that tasting room? Are you getting that same experience as you would doing tastings in a in a, in a retailer or having like a cocktail experience inside of an on-premise account? You know, driving
0: revenue for us, it, it, we need to do it. You know, and so one of the things like if we go tasting the store, you know, people and maybe they'll buy a bottle, right? But when people come for a tasting class with Patrick you know we get money from each consumer and then you know so they paid for the samples and then we get to connect with them emotionally intellectually um and, and, and grow them romantically yeah romantic and it, it's all a romantic thing and and from us like you were there today artist dealer, you've never been there i'd love to have you man uh, like I'm, I'm there I'm i got a Rick of with seven thousand barrels let's do some shit dude uh, i'm in <laughs> um, and so uh but like we have a gin school and so consumers can come in it's a three-hour experience you sit down we teach you safety structure of gin it's history then you pick botanicals. We make sure you don't make a shitty batch. You get a one-gallon still. You turn that on, and you leave with your own bottle. But,
2: like, what? The the important thing that you said was experience, because a tasting in a retail, uh, I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but it it's a tasting. Yep. It's the same, you know. And 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 what, you know, what everybody is trying to create at their facility is a unique experience, because at the end of the day, you can go take a tour. You, know, you learn the nuts and bolts of making whiskey, you know, but, but how do we, you know, because the experience creates ambassadors rather than a tasting hopefully creates a customer one time. You know what I mean? It's like, you're no, right. It's, it's and in a way, different.
0: like a tasting is meant to, uh, um, to, to in, encourage a retailer to make a multi-case person pur- purchase, sorry or it is to address the retailer's concerns. You know, that's, that's, we're building our business in that way, right? But when someone comes to learn about our brand and learn about whiskey and they want to, they want to know, hey, not only, how'd you get that in the bottle? Then I mean, like one, of the be- one of the most common questions I get is like, how do you fill the barrel? And it's like, well, hey, come on back and see our barrel filler, you know? And, and that's the cool thing, with, with, because of our scale, we're able to open that door and let people in. And when we emotionally connect with people, we don't need to be your Jim meme. You know, we need you to pick up our craft whiskey once every three, four purchases, and we're going to be okay. And it's like you said, like, we learned really fast that we can sell cocktails and we'll about break even, you know. But if we provide actual educational experiences where we teach people about whiskey, it's going to attract the consumers that we want, the people that are there for the booze and not the drunk or the cocktails or this or that. And then you connect with them and you bring them back.
2: And if it's a good experience, they're going to go and they're going to share that with everybody else and they're going to come back and say, hey, my buddy was here. He said that they did this
0: crazy thing. You know, I'm like so pumped. About, you know, I mean, it just, it, it's it, it's waterfall. Boots on the ground, you know, and for somebody who's like, I'm not affiliated with a large house, you know, the oh, boots dan- on the dancing ground. Dancing Goat's huge, man. It's, it's, it's a lot of square feet, everyone's, but it ain't every, huge. Everyone's here for Dancing Goat, baby. I hope so. I hope they love us here. We'll see. They do. I know they do. I've been taking a poll all night. I appreciate your love and, and uh, care and attention.
1: Well, it's like you said, it's that natural ambassador program that you have right there. They come back, they support your brand, tell everybody about it, and they come back to your distillery and have, hopefully that, that next person that comes along has that experience and get, keeps going and continuing flow of water, baby.
2: I mean, you, you, you look at what like Maker's Mark did years and years yeah. ago with their ambassador program, like they took it a step further. You, you sign up for this, we put a little brass plaque on a barrel. You know, you can buy it in 10 years or whatever, but we we ship you a little Christmas gift every year, or whatever. And all of a sudden, people, you know, they're showing up. And they're like, yeah, we're we're back uh, to check on our barrel. Like, we don't get to taste. We just we, we like coming every year to look at it. You know, but they're probably buying some stuff in the gift shop and you know, but they're
0: they're they're fans because of that. And those are they're 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 in on the makers brand, and even if they're not bourbon people or whiskey people, they're makers people. Yeah, because they've
2: created an experience that you can't get somewhere else. And
0: exactly. And anytime anyone brings up bourbon whiskey, anything, and like you, we've all been to like, we're all adults here, right? But like, have you ever been to a shitty party? The first thing that happens at a shitty party is people come right to me and they're like, "Hey, you got a cool job? What do you do?" And right, it's like, "Oh, right. I make whiskey." And they're like, "Oh, like, well, what's that like?" You know, people. It's such an interesting facet of what of life cuz spirits are there for so like what does everyone do besides breathe and metabolize right everyone celebrates you m- unless you're like a psychopath and everyone mourns and celebration and mourning are intimately tied to alcoholic beverages be it wine or spirits and so you know, it's something that people have, inter- even if they don't drink all the time or maybe they used to drink it, people know what it is, but they know nothing about it. And when you can start to demystify that and open that for people, it's it's, it's really interesting. You know, you really get, I don't, it's just, it's, it's fun. It's really fun to interact with people like that.
1: For the both of you, what why do you think people want to know now more about what what is in their cup? And also I think kind of relates back to what people want to know what's on their plate too. When it's like, where was this animal, where did it come from? Is it local to this area? Is there a farm around here? I know it's helped out with that, that the whole localization of food and products, but what do you think the real interest is about people wanting to know how that gets from the machines and the operation into the bottle, then into their glass?
0: Do you want to go first? Or?
1: I don't know. You know. I mean, I could probably go in
2: several different directions with that question. You know, it's really funny. Like, I, I saw you see that interview with anthony bourdain where he just went off on farm to table he's like i hate farm to table i mean if i got a vegetable guess what it came from a farm like you know i i I want what tastes good and and like there's a certain part of that with with, when you get in those deep conversations with people and 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 they want to know the the nuts and bolts and and you know and sometimes you just want to be like look man (laughs) do you like it like is it good does that make you happy Like, does it, you know, is it, is it checking that box for you? Like, are you, are you pleased with this? Like, how important is it to whether or not you enjoy it, if you know every finite detail of, but I, I understand that, like, we live in a world now where everybody wants all the information. Like, it's, you know, everybody wants all of it. Um, and that's totally fair too. Like I, I, I get it. You know, I and I, I love it when people want to want to go down that rabbit hole of, you know, talk to me about this mash bill and how you age this and you know what, where you you know what when you reintroduce that liquid into a char three barrel, were you going high in a rickhouse or low in a rickhouse or what were you trying to accomplish or what you know where where did you think this was gonna you know all that stuff you know it's it's cool so I. I do. I kind of understand both both parts of it. You know, back to what you said about, and when you said, the, you know we all do two things. I, I was a little nervous about where you were going with that, but <laughs> I'm uh, always nervous with them. So you know, you know. I, I, but I have always said, to me, the the greatest compliment that I I ever received and have ever received in in this you know doing doing this bourbon thing was not. A ninety-four point score, a ninety-six point score, a ninety-eight point score, um, but it's when that person comes up to you and says, "Hey, man, I just want you to know, you know, we celebrated, or, or you know, we one-year anniversary of my father passing away last week, and you know, I've been saving that bottle of batch six of yours, and and we decided to open that and and toast my dad, or you know, we." I snuck this bottle of, of batch two rye into the hospital when my son was born and, and I you know I, I poured it in a styrofoam cup and I walked down to the nursery and I toasted my you know my, my future drinking buddy or whatever. Like those are you know, and, and to me like the I don't know. I, I think those people could care a whole lot less about the entry proof or, you know, where where we set our fermenters for that liquid or whatever.
1: Right, you know what I mean because in the day we're all just like whiskey fans ourselves. Right. do you really know the intricacies of what happens when you put that bar- put that whiskey inside that barrel of that entry proof it's like you're a fan like do you, like you guys said it comes back to do you enjoy it or not and you ha- do you have that shared experience with somebody else that they clean a, clean a glass together and actually have a real human emotion and a connection built through that
0: I would say I mean I, I completely agree with all that stuff and, and uh, to go a different direction with it because I, I think you covered it really well I think that where, are because you also asked kind of like where it came from, how to end up like this. And what I've kind of seen since I entered the industry um, with my family company after college is that for some reason in the last 10 years, um, LDA to 35 has changed the trajectories of life, right? They put off buying homes and they started going on vacations. Coachella became more important than a 401k, you know? And a, a part of it's social media and Instagram culture driving that. And then also people have decided, you know, now people realize, You know, I don't need to scrape by. I can go and I can get a job, I can make money, and I'm gonna live to, you know, if I, hopefully if I'm lucky, 90, 80, 100 years old, I wanna have some fun. And if I have kids right now, it's gonna end my life, so I wanna go party with my friends, or I wanna go out to nice dinners, or I wanna take a risk and enter this career, I I wanna save up and go on these vacations. And part of that experience and like living for life and loving life, it first came up in, in food. In with well, I think tapas, uh, tapas has always been a thing, right? But tapas in America really just started to drive cocktail culture in a way. And then also craft beer movement kind of, you know, was in step with that. And people started looking for different things that were unique. And I think part of the thing too is like you know you talk about one consumer of ours, the people that you know they're using it to celebrate, right? There's another whole industry of people. Who there's a lot of ego involved, and there's a lot of people at bottle shares and tasting clubs that they don't want to talk to you about whiskey. They want to talk to you about what they know, and they want to hear what you know to see if you're wrong. And they want to. And there's a lot of ego in whiskey of like, you know, somebody may understand that there's like, like, for instance, I just I just ran about 4,500 gallons. Uh, I did about we did about 9,000 gallons last two days of wash on a 49 barley malt bourbon with Hopi blue corn. And I was getting all these DMs on Instagram about, like, well, like, I looked it up and blue corn's, like, chemically not different. And it's like, well, in what way? Like, because what you didn't look at is we're using heirloom variety. It's not been commoditized. It hasn't been genetically optimized commoditization. It has more lipids. It has a better endosperm. There's less waxy amylose on the outside. And then also the way that we fermented it, the beer gallons that we use specifically is going to mess with the phenol content. Like there, there's so much to learn and know. But realistically like all the things I just said to you, the dude that's gonna take my bottle off the shelf, look at it and say, This is my bottle, this is Sean's bottle. I still haven't met Sean but just met Dixon who's like I'm just I'm like
1: fanboying over here. But like you, you know not have like, Sean yet? Oh gosh. I haven't met Sean I yet. I should have no. came down last week.
0: You know, I should have came, but I couldn't. You know, I got a pregnant wife and I got a baby. My baby, baby's young. Know, I got an eighteen-month-old, and then my wife's gonna oh, have man. one in about four weeks. here. Congratulations! So. Thank you. I oh, so didn't waste
2: any time in between those. We two. We didn't, did man. You.
0: you know what? Um, yeah, we didn't, dude. You know, and I can tell you the exact night it happened. Some, somebody <laughs> read my palm that night, and it was a crazy story. But you know, when, when the dude that picks up our bottle off the shelf and looks at it and says like, "Oh, this is a twenty-one ride from MGP. I'm gonna love this," you know, they don't care, but they think they know so much. You know, and, and at the end of the day, it's like. The only thing that's right or wrong is if you know what you like and you get it. You know, and when people look at a bottle like like when you look at like my bottle right here, you know, like this is a $60 bottle. That's not cheap. That's not for the market. That's not really ridiculous, but 60 bucks is a big ask for people. It's like, I want you to try this for 60 bucks. I need to put something special in your glass, you know. But a lot of stuff, how, you know, you've probably seen this a lot with your brand cuz you're one of the people that would get this. The amount of people I've seen jink see, your bottle online the the Kentucky Owl crop shots, you know what I mean? It's 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 cool, and right. people get excited the about Kentucky these The Kentucky Owl shots. But, but you see that then? That, but those yeah, are the people yeah, we're talking about. Right. It's like, they're not there it's to hashtag. learn and share. They're there to collect and compare. But you know? I, I, I do think there's and a I,
2: big part. It's like I I need to know. It's like it's almost ego driven. Like I I need to. It, it's the, it, with bourbon sometimes. It's like I need. It's a race to try to figure out who's the smartest guy in the room. And it's like, okay, dude, you win. Congrats! You know, like the guys that are hitting you, like, well, I've found out this about blue corn. Like, where'd you, where'd you do your research? The internet, you know, Wikipedia. Like, okay. Yeah.
0: One guy, one person was like, what I saw online was that the only reason it's blue is it has antioxidants in it and it doesn't really make a difference. And my response was like, well, like what are antioxidants? Like they're good for people. They're often vitamins, they're often minerals. Commoditized corn, you know, has been altered to not have those things. And, you know, like why wouldn't that make a difference? It's a nutrient, you know, but even beyond anything else, you can text me and you can tell me that, you you know bah you you don't know anything I know that this doesn't but like hey man how about I send you some samples why don't you taste it you know what I mean and like that's the thing that we try to do is at our distillery when we when we do something we try to do it in all ways so we call it stepping out of mash Mashville and so we'll take like a ninety five rye we'll cook ninety five rye with five percent malt of barley we'll do it with and we we don't do this every day because you can't do this every day but we've done this in the past we've done it with five percent oats we've done it with white corn we've done it with blue corn we've done it with pearl corn you know we've done it in a bunch of we've done hundred malt we've done hundred malt no enzyme. You know, that didn't go very well. Um, You know, we've done, you know, we've tried no cook corn where you just let, I was talking to you a little bit about that earlier, you know, and it's just like, what does this do and how is it different? You know, for, for instance, you know, kettle souring, like you could take, you could sour mash, right? Which would be you adding for me, that's adding during cooking. And so I'm using stillage coming into my cook to drop my pH at certain times for enzymatic activity, um, but other people like to kettle sour, and so they'll do a full sweet mash, and they'll put it in the kettle, and let's say they, they ferment out to six bricks, that'll get to six bricks, they'll let that sit for another 24 hours, and in, a, in one way, you acidified the mash, right, but what they're actually getting is trans-esterification, all those esters that have been developed, they're creating broad branch chains interacting with the alcohol that exists and other carboxylic acids that are in there, and then at the same time, the yeasts are eating those carboxylic acids, creating more branched chains but when we sour mash how is that different than when we sour mash when we cook because it really is you know and all and like what happened if you sour mash when you cook and then you let that go buku and and sit for a day extra would you end up at like 2 ph what happens then you know
2: i'm telling you i i I, I mean this honest to goodness like it is so sexy when you talk latin like that (laughs) like it 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 really is very much so you know it's I, I wish that y'all were videotaping this because that, that is beautiful.
0: Yeah, I think, but that's like that's the thing is like I could sit there and I could tell these people the, right. those people that all day because that's what they're asking right. But no one really wants to know that. Do you think education affects taste psychologically? I think emotional connection affects taste, and I think education is one conduit to emotional connection. If you empower people and you make them think they're right, they're smart, or they know, you have just you've ingratiated yourself with that person. Either because either they want to take advantage of you or they appreciate you for See, that.
2: I could tell you in my limited experience you know i i fell backwards into this whole thing I, I didn't know what i was doing i just i was like hey i think i got a decent palette for this we got some barrels we did some stuff with them re-barreled them i started blending i was like i i'm really happy with this i tasted a few people on it they were like hey i think you got something here and i and it was it was the same thing when all these people came at me and they were like who you know what are you doing who do you think you are what is this you know what's what's this price point what's this crazy story you know and all and it and it it, I didn't have not only did I not have the information but I wasn't you know I I chose to do exactly what you said I was like you know what man it's totally fine with me if you don't like it but have you tried it because if you haven't, let me just send you a sample. You taste it, and then if you don't like it, go for it. Go, go you know that, That's that's totally fair. And nine times out of 10, when I finally got to that point, I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with these people. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you know, I just said, send me your address. I'm going to send you a sample. And nine times out of 10, the response was, oh my gosh, sorry. My bad, dude. This is really solid whiskey. Can I get a bottle? You and know, that, what I mean? and that's a great feeling.
1: I think there's that lost connection too, when what the internet has done, and as it's brought us together, it's also separated us out more. And we're talking about whiskey, looking for that human connection together. There's a perfect example of it right there. Somebody who's a hater just because it's not their idea. They don't think you're actually a real person when they reach out to you online or send an email. It's just like I'm, a, I'm a little keyboard warrior. There's not a real person behind that. Instagram page or that Twitter account whatever it may be and then it gets to you and like oh wow no I'll stand up with my stuff here you go try it out yeah, yeah. it's like Jane Silent Bob the in fr- one of those movies I went around and, like punched the little kid in the face on in the internet made fun of him got it You but got it but you're just doing rules. it with whiskey yeah
2: yeah well, I, but speaking of this rise fantastic thank
0: you I really appreciate this that thing, this is this is awesome so you know, when you were talking earlier about things that have really kind of made you've appreciated people the feedback that you just gave me made i really appreciate that so thank you that's fantastic i'm, I'm we'll trying to i'm
1: gonna fill my cup up again in just a second when you're not looking <laughs> you can you can take the bottle i thought that was my bottle Gosh. that's not a rye bottle know, that's the I corn know, bottle i know i know well how did uh what are you doing here first of all interesting you should ask
2: no i so i mean they they reached out to me like really early i mean it was probably january like hey we're we're doing this, you know, Wisconsin Whiskey Festival, and and it was totally like I, I don't know you we've never met but I would you know we'd love to have you come and I was like, hell yeah I'll come It sounds like fun you know I think we we're all the same boat there yeah and 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 then, and that was really kind of early um, I should say early but I you know. I was working on my next whiskey project, but it wasn't it had. It was not final final. Uh, we had not dotted the I's and crossed the T's or whatever. Um, and I don't, I mean, don't tell anybody this I, I may have kind of forgotten about my commitment to the Wisconsin Whiskey Festival and then a couple of months ago they were like, hey, are you still you still you still coming? We would love to, you know, and I was like, yeah I will be there. And so we're Wisconsin is going to be one of the um, states we distribute uh, this new project in. And so I I was able to make it work. I, I, I told our team I was going to be in Wisconsin. They said, hey, that's fantastic. Can you come in a couple of days early? Just get out in the market. You know, I did, I did, I don't know, eight to ten accounts yesterday and about the same today. And so I got some... I got some work done while I was here and, and went around and, and, and did that and um, so I, I think I'm, I'm supposed to come on stage with you later and kind of mess with you during your little uh, presentation. I have a um, thing later. Somebody has a thing.
0: Oh. I don't know. Thing do I? Murphy. Murphy Quint. Are you doing the single oh, maybe, malt thing?
2: Maybe. yeah Yeah. I don't know.
0: Are you doing the? Is it the Aroma Academy one or the the single malt one? Maybe the Aroma Academy. Aroma Academy. They're drinking my rye up there. Okay. Tank it. All tank right. it. Yeah. This rye?
2: Yeah. No, I have not tell everybody <laughs> it's the
0: greatest thing I ever. <laughs> Thank had. you. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, what is, is the um, new project? I was gonna say Dixon. Are you willing to talk about your new project? At yeah.
2: All? No, it's out. It's it's there. It's it, for sure. Absolutely. So, and I, you know, I've I've actually talked a lot about. The transition from the old to the new, and uh, I mean, I'm you can ask me anything you want, but um, you know, I I felt like that there was a lot of meat left on the bone for me, and a lot that I wanted to accomplish, and, and things I thought were um, you know, fun and I was excited about, and for whatever reason. Uh, my, my previous partners, uh, you know, and I were kind of going in different directions, and and so I like I, I left Kentucky Owl and I, I did some consulting and and that's great except you end up you're like everybody's fireman you know like like it, it, you're just the SOS emergency call or like I need this what do I do anyway. and and I really got to the point where I, I just missed you know, being responsible for my own project, for my own stuff, doing my own thing, you know, and and I I love helping people out and helping some of these people start brands. And and a lot of the people that I was working with had no idea what they were doing. So that's kind of a maddening experience there. Um, But I, and and so I, I had this brand and this concept 2XO, which stands for two times oak so everything that we'll do in the 2 XO line will will be uh, have some element of double barreling double oaking um you know and i i just i love what i love the flavors you can get in in whiskey with um interaction with oak a second time that that punch of flavor you know, I, I, I don't I don't necessarily believe that it's like buying age, like some people will tell you, but I think it's really intensifying and strengthening and, and accentuating some notes if you do it right. Um, so I had this idea of this, this line called 2XO, and I, three of the guys that were in marketing uh, at Stoli who also uh, moved on to another project said, you know, we love this idea and we'd love to support you and, and whatever. So we, we put this whole thing together. We started looking for some funding you know there's gajillions of dollars out there that that people want to put into this everybody thinks that you know um but a lot of that and, and private equity is a great thing and it works for you know but but for me that private equity money the only way i looked at it was these people want to give me some money and they want me to build something real fast so that they can turn it around and sell it for a whole bunch of money and then i gotta go you know and. I don't know that just felt really disingenuous to me like I if I'm I've always said if I'm going to put my name on something if I'm going to if it's going to be me me and mine then then I've got to believe in it 100 million percent and I've got to know that we're all working towards the same goal and um so I was kind of approached by this group uh the prestige beverage group which um had the foresight several years ago like eight eight years ago to start laying down um a significant volume of barrels every year customized mash bill no it's all kentucky everything's kentucky um everything that i you know, everything that will go into xo is kentucky straight um but you know so they basically had this this amazing liquid um that you know and, and again it was it was a it was Mashbill created for them. It wasn't, it wasn't just somebody else's juice. And they said, you know, we got this liquid. We're, we're thinking about a couple of these things. You know, do you have any advice on, on what we should maybe do with this stuff? And I said, yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> Give it to dude, me. <laughs> let, me let, let me show you this two XO program and came up. My team came up, we met with them, showed them that. And they said, dude, we got to do this. Like we've, we've got to do this. Um, and so, you know, I, I kind of f- fell again into this situation where I've got—I'm not—I'm not relying on the market to source barrels. I—I—you I, know—my releases aren't dependent on what I can get and what's out there and what's trading and what's moving. I have a steady supply for years and years and years of phenomenal whiskey. Um, I've got a a a, a full essentially 50 state distribution, um, situation and, a and a kind of a marketing team that can help me do what I need to do. So it, it was all the things that if I did the private equity part, I was going to have to like go out and find to do whatever. They were all there plus the, plus the whiskey. Um, so it was just, it, it was just his dream come true. And, and before we'd even, I mean, I started working this uh, with these barrels over a year ago, um, and and doing a lot of this double barreling, and and I'm you know it's using you know going into you know new uh, new barrels with number three char, new barrels with a number four char, playing with locations, storage locations, and, and and different things, palletizing some of it and ricking some of it, and and really you know my goal and my you know my jam, what I really enjoy doing is is creating. You know all these different flavor profiles that I can then sit down and try to blend to create the you know the, the best version the best blend I can make. So we bottle at the end of September the first in our blender series. Um, this blend is called the Phoenix Blend. So it's two XO, the Phoenix Blend. It's kind arising of arising from the ashes.
0: Uh, and nothing gets uh, past you. Awesome and, can
2: I You know, so we're we're going to 16, 16 markets with that. Um,
1: that's a bottle. Oh, that's pretty, that's wicked, man. Is there a certain flavor profile you're trying, you have in your head when you first start this?
2: You know, I, that's a funny question because I get that that a lot. I I I don't. One of the things I've found is that I the more I do this, like I don't start with a profile in mind. Like I think that's almost impossible to you know try to try to get there. But what I what I do find is that the more i do it the more i like there are similarities in what i come up with because it's just my palette that i'm working towards you know um the the phoenix blend in that blender series is always going to be bottled at 104 um you know i like i i just like that i'm a i'm a 105 to 115 guy like that's kind of my wheelhouse but what i'm what i'm constantly looking for is that balance from initial sweetness to spice on the back end and and that it's that it's even that it's balanced, you know that that you know when when you when you taste it and it and it immediately flashes to the back and it's spice and it's finished and it's hot or when it's flat on the back end and there's not like I I just I, I really I find myself gravitating towards you know that type of uh, th- those notes like I'm and I'm I'm a very I, I've talked about this a lot like I. I'm a very sensory, like, I, I, I think more about where I feel it, where does it register than, oh, I'm picking up notes of hibiscus and rhubarb or whatever, you know. So, you know, for me, if it if it checks that box from tip of the tongue and you can follow those two yellow lines down the palate and there's spice on the back end and, and you can feel it all the way across there and it stays off the sides of the palate where it tastes bitter and, you know, Acrid, like yeah. that's... Yeah, you know, that, that I I just find that, like that's what I end up making. Right. Yeah. I, that's what I. You know.
1: It's kind of like an author or a writer that's writing a script. They'll write will write the end of the show or write the end of the novel and then work their way back. You know, like a 200 pages. Because like I wrote myself into this problem. I know what I like. I know what the outcome I wanted to be. Yeah. Let's see how we can try to figure it out. What's the process of getting there?
2: Then, you know, and then it's just working, and it's crazy. It's crazy when you, you know, I think I I've got a hundred and around 110 barrels in this first blend Uh um, you know you, you move you move three three out like one element <laughs> i was gonna say three before the you other start that, and,
1: yeah.
2: and i'll pour it for other people and they're like i can't taste the difference and i was like are you, are you kidding me <laughs> it's like is night and day different this is a completely different whiskey but you know i've always and maybe it's because i i don't know maybe i don't work well with others i'm not really sure i don't i don't i don't have a panel i don't run this by anybody i mean it's you know, I, I, when I'm happy with it, that's what, what that's what we're doing, and that's why I'm very comfortable when somebody says I don't like. it. It's like that's okay. Yeah. You know, it's it's what I made what I liked, and hope yeah, you I, enjoy it too. You know.
0: Can I ask you a blending question? Yeah. So that's so I work at about 26 barrels, and I'm 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 very I'm learning. You know, um, mm. I'm I've I've just been trying to figure this out myself, and so what we're looking at now is I'm looking at I have a bunch of um, Steve Thompson. May you rest in peace. Um, we ended up with a lot of his inventory from MGP. It's a very unique, it's 21% ride, it's about six, seven years old, and it's Andean Oak, it's Colombian Oak. And I think there's about 1,300 barrels out there, we have 840 or so of them. And I'm starting to look at these, I'm trying to blend, I'm looking at doing like maybe 60 or 70 barrels, and I just kind of, can I run by you like kind of what I'm thinking? Because yeah. I just don't even know how to get to that volume. It's just, it's, because right, when I'm doing my 26, I'm really, i pre-qualified a lot of the inventory, so I know they're bang dogs, and I'm just picking. I'm like, all right, well, these are right for now. These are what I have to work with, and I try to find things that complement each other, and then I try to find things that I can layer tannin on top of. But when I'm looking at this, what I'm thinking of doing, because I don't know how to even approach that many barrels, and so I was thinking, well, just do what you always do, which is start with a barrel, find a complement, find a complement, but that's so many barrels. And so then I was like, well, why don't you just build totes? And so what I was thinking about doing was like, doing a, like a, like a sub blender micro blend to a tote and then another one and then trying to blend out of those totes but I'm trying to get to I don't know how to blend that much fluid you know what I'm saying like because yeah. I usually what I usually end up doing is I'm looking at individual barrels because there's only 26 of them I can figure out in a couple months you know but when with this puzzle I'm trying to approach part of me has the imposter syndrome of like well I'm not qualified to do this you know and the other part of me is like well how the f- do these guys do this you know and then like. You know, here in hundred barrels, like that's that's nuts. You know what I mean? And then like here in like Heaven Hill, they'll do like three hundred. That's nuts. You know, <laughs> I tell but, like you, man, how do you scale I, that up?
2: I, one time, I went to uh, I went to Jim Rutledge. It's one of my favorite people in the world. You know, and early on, I hadn't released anything before. And I was like, Jim, can I ask you a question? I was like, I, am I crazy? I was like, but when I take these two barrels that I think are are really sweet. You know, they're strong on the front end. And I take these two barrels that are really spicy and I put them together. Like it doesn't turn into a sweet then spice combination. And I was like, it's like one plus one doesn't equal two in this. And he was like, if you figured that out you figured out blending whiskey. It's like if you if you understand, if you know that going in, it takes it it takes a lot of people a long time to figure that out. But, you know, so I, I I truly think it's it's a lot I should say a lot more, but you know, it it's more to me it's more like trial and error. Like see how the I like the direction. If I if I if I increase the volume of this component a little bit. It may not go in the direction I, I think it's going to go, but do I like where it's tracking and do I follow that? Or, you know, it, it, it's really a lot less like if you mix red and blue, you're going to get purple. Doesn't work like that. Like, you mix red and blue and somehow the shit's yellow. Like, it, 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 it's. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, yeah, it's then. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, I mean, you know, when i, I doing this, what similar to what you're talking about doing you know i'll i'll pull 15 20 samples that were that that are representative of each element um right and now i know that each one of those barrels has a different volume in them so you have to change the ratio of you know if you're talking barrels to barrels you change the ratio of how much of this one goes in that one but um you know that's that's really you know, so. I, I've got I've got this that is a combination of twelve samples from from this element. So it's a pretty good representation of, of that component. And, and you know, so I've got these four components, and then it's just a matter of tweaking, um, you know, how much of each of those go into it until I find that the 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 right combination, the right mix. Does that does that mean? That you know, does. Yeah, that makes a lot. Of so, sense. I mean, if I'm you. I'm probably not creating blends of different elements in totes, but I'm, I'm probably, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying these six barrels are, are of this flavor profile, so let's go ahead and mingle those together. These are, you know, in this profile, so let's mingle those together, and then let's work to find the ratio where, you know, it may only be a third of that tote with, you know, two-thirds of that term yeah
0: for sure Do you know what i'm saying yeah and that's kind of like when we look at our ryes we have basically four profiles that we we have we have cov and v plus so like you know i mean i mean c obviously clove with because i'm doing the rye so clove orange or fruit in general vanilla and then vanilla bombs is what we really work with but we don't get a lot of black pepper because it's not a straight rye it's a whiskey from rye mash and so, when I'm, my my strategy, kind of with the 21 Rye, was find the elements that we have. We have caramel-driven, we have fruit-driven, we have wat-was, which are blenders, right? Those are things that increase volume of the blend, but they really don't stand out in a way. Yeah. And then we also have, you know, the, the stuff that we're going to sell to someone else. Uh, <laughs> and what I was thinking about do is building those totes along those, like the fruity things that go together, and the, yeah. the, 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 you know, the really spice-driven, the really, you know, the wot that go together. And then I was thinking about just working kind of like you're saying out of those totes into proportions to batch because you know i mean you'll know this when you're talking totes we're talking you're, you're probably doing 275 abcs you know that's that's a that's that's an expensive mistake yeah, yeah, yeah. and, that's, oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. i learned yeah. quick and you probably knew this before because your yeah. history but you gotta remember i'm a Poner gredneck you know what i mean so who just got a distillery and uh, <laughs> i learned real quick to blend in the lab first but like, i got no lab training no blame but i was doing totes first and uh, the first two times I got away with it. The third time, eh-eh.
2: yeah. Eh-eh. I mean, I, you know, I I make little. I, I work with four ounce. I make four ounce blends. I make six ounce blends. I mean, it's all you know on a very small scale because once you put those two barrels together,
1: yeah. well, do you, you split the them back up do you worry about the volume potentially messing it up what's left in the barrel from what you tasted like if there's just less of one barrel compared i mean to i'm other? pulling
2: 200 ml samples so okay. it's not you know it's funny you know you see people and they're like yeah we're doing some blending and I, which which works i mean especially depends on how many people you want to share it for but it's like yeah I, I pulled four liters out of uh out of six different barrels to to do some blending it's like are you are you blending? Or are you drinking?
1: Like wait, wait, wait. <laughs> a half barrel
0: case right there. Yeah. I mean, that's,
1: that's a lot. It is a lot of whiskey. Yeah. yeah. Just be testing out one blend. No, so I,
2: guess, I mean I I prefer to pour uh, to pull you know I'll, I'll pull eight two hundred mLs from eight different barrels rather than four liters from one barrel. I think is of this profile. You know. What I, mean?
1: I guess I was more worried about potentially to worry about if one barrel has like let's say thirty five gallons left in it, and the other barrel has 48 gallons left in it. Yeah. Do you worry about the volume that's at the end of the day that's left in the barrel to change the taste profile the blend? I mean,
2: I think, you know, th- that is... That's part of the roll of the dice. You know, I mean, yes. Every time... You know, I... When we started getting to higher volumes with um, with some of those later Kentucky Owls, I mean, they'd call and they'd be like, Dixon, you know... 14 of these barrels were empty and I was like, alright, well pull 14 more, you know, I mean you, know, you, you gotta keep, so you're, you're kind of working on a uh, guesstimate but, I mean, that's that's just part of it, sometimes you, this barrel was really low uh, that barrel was really, you know, I mean, you, you can't you can't go weigh every barrel and, and, and get you know, it's, and I've I, I have, a couple times, I've, tweaked, I've had to tweak a couple times, I was like, hey, you know I, this, is not exactly what I thought it was going to be. And I think it's missing a little bit of this. We need to grab a few more of these and put them in there. And that's just, it's kind of
1: part of it.
0: And that goes back to what he was kind of saying about like, you can, you got a sweet barrel, you got a spicy barrel, you mix them together. It it might not always be what it or what you thought. Right,
1: absolutely. No, and like blending, kind of go back to your, we were talking about before with the stock that you have now that's getting to seven to eight years old. How is that now an advantage for you?
0: Because it exists. Right. Yeah, we, I mean, we have seven- and eight-year-old whiskey to work with, right. which is awesome, you know. Um, I think that uh, there's an opportunity there because it exists, but then there's also, there's an onus on there, which means we have to go through it, we have to blend it, we have to get it to market. And I think the things that we've been really successful with is, one, making white dog. We can, we, you, you saw today, we rip, we rip PG's. And we really know how to process fluid, we know how to make alcohol, we learn how to blend it, you said you liked it. I hope you're being honest, but no, I, I feel like we're making, we're blending great whiskey now, but what we're not doing well is getting it to market and selling it. Um, and, and one of the things that I'm counting on is that we, we, before you sat down, we were kind of mentioning that like, business didn't go for me the way I thought it would. And when we first acquired our whiskey and started selling it, we got a lot of initial placements and it sat. And uh, we couldn't find ways to move it. And um, you know, in, in all transparency, that was awful that was an awful three years of of digging in our family's pockets to cover paychecks for people to keep the team on and keep the things rolling and it's hard for me to even admit that right now but you know it's part of being honest and being a man and being vulnerable and 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 actually learning from the past and the advantage of going through the hard decisions of not letting people go when we weren't successful and building the rickhouse so we could start putting our own barrels down too um is that that whiskey's now we, we don't you know, it would have been great to sell a bunch of 3 year old but now I got an eight-year-old to work with and I know yeah. what to do with it. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, and in part of rolling with the punches is learning like, you know what, that didn't go the way I, s- I thought. I said, I hoped that I, that I gambled on, I counted on, you know, that I needed it to in a way. But that in a way is what I needed to become who I am now. And so, you know, I'm looking now and I'm saying, you know, I can get in bed with a few different people who want to acquire inventory from us. I can get in bed with whiskey groups who want single barrels, Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, you know, a couple barrels here, a couple barrels there isn't going to be shit. You know, I need to blend 60 barrels, you know, I need to blend 70. And and that's the, the hard part about that is the, is the actual, like what you were talking about is like, we can sit there and we can do, so I usually do is, um, and I'm going to, I'm probably going to, everything you've said, I'm going to go home and copy. So I'm probably going to move to four ounce blends, but we've been doing uh, one ounce blends uh, you know, because we'll look at everything. So, like, when I do a blend, I'll take – I'm just, well, not even doing a blend. I'm just researching my inventory, trying to get, sure. trying to, get sure. to know it. And so, like, we have a lot of – one of my favorite – actually, I can't say it right now because NDAs. But one of my favorite source whiskeys that we have is a malt whiskey. It's 99 brewers. It's MGP, u Cooperage, 99 brewers malt, 1% Negra Pilsner malt. And has a crazy cocoay, spicy brightness to it. It's about six years old. I think some of it's seven years old. And um, you know, so when I, we first got that, I brought that in and I started mixing it with some of our 21% rye straight bourbons that we had at six years old. And the way that we usually do it is, is we'll make one sample that's one to one, we'll make one sample that's one to two, one sample that's two to one, one sample that's three to one, and one sample that's one to three. And then we'll taste the, we'll let those sit for about a week, come back and taste them, and then we'll say, this is well-rounded, this isn't, this comes off hot, we like this. So the one that we like, we'll take and we'll say, okay, well, what's a little above that, a little less than that in proportions, and what's the relationship of those together? And, um, you know, in just trying to get to know this inventory and watching it grow over time, it's not the same as it was three years ago. And so if you did that three years ago, thinking, oh, in three years I'm going to do this and it's going to be awesome. And then three years later... Yeah, I
2: mean, that's that's all part of it. Like, figuring out who plays well together. You right. know what I mean? 100%. Like, you, you got to, you just, you know, it's... And, and that, you know, that's... That's the fun part. Like, that's the, that's the fun stuff. You know, I mean, I, I, nothing... I don't know. Nothing ever goes the way you think it's gonna go, and you know. I mean, there's, and you know, I don't know. For me, it was like even when we were doing some stuff and the, crate as you talk about the, keyboard, you know, Warriors. basement, yeah. you know, yeah. and, you know, Basically you just get to the point, and you're like, you know what. I just gotta go back to doing what i like doing i gotta go back you know i i just gotta go make I, i'm just gonna go make another great whiskey that that you know and 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 that's it you know that's 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 just it you know and 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 find you know like get like that's that's the fun that's why you got into this right is to is, is to, to 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 create that magic like take these things that they you know on their on their surface Independently, they're fine. Yeah, they're right, all right. Yeah. But the 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 magic is trying to find the way that they can play together to make something really, you know, really amazing. And, and it is great. It is great. It's great to go out the market. It's great to do these events. It's great to shake hands and, and, and talk to people and you know whatever. But um, yeah, that 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 moment when you've kind of like put something together and you go back to it, and you're like, God, that's really good. And then the next day, when you pour it again, and you're like, "Yeah, that is really good." You know, like that, that. It's like, okay, that I'm set for a while. That like I'm 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 there. I'm, you know,
1: when did you start to have that experience with Kentucky Ale? Was it right away, or was it after you started seeing success in the market?
2: No, I mean, success in the market was. I mean, that was cool. We we were on such a small scale that you know. I mean, it, it, and I really. You know it's when you get to that point where you've made something and then you know and, and I, I remember i did this i had several people one one guy I mentioned earlier uh my dad you know whatever i had them come in and sit down and i had uh, mark and sherry the carters who were you know my partners we did this all, and i was like I, I want y'all to taste all five of these barrels and they taste these barrels and all everybody's like yeah i don't I think you got something here, Dixon. I, I, I'm not sure it's quite there yet, but I, th- I think I think you may have something here. And I was like, all right, appreciate it. I, I know you all got to go. But just do me a favor. Taste one more thing for me. Like, you just, y'all mind just taste one more thing? Like, yeah, okay, Dixon, okay, anyway. And I gave him the blend that ended up being batch one, and I remember, like, Jim, he smells it, he tastes it, he stands up, and he's like... I- you've you've had this the whole time and and, (laughs) you know and and that like I don't know like those are those are the wins um, you know that probably mean more to me than like oh I don't know you sold whatever 1100 bottles you know what I mean it's like
1: uh, do you have when you're operating at that such a small scale and then the brand starts to take off and get notice is it hard to keep up with it
2: it wasn't i mean yes and no I, you know i was i was still you know i still had a day job then yeah. you know uh, mark and cherry were in california mark has an inn in california i had an inn in kentucky he had a winery I and mean, you know we were kind of on that once a year trajectory so it wasn't like oh man i gotta get to and and, and we, did, we didn't have a ton of barrels it wasn't like i could just start rolling stuff out I was like oh put one you know we put three blends out and whatever six months and it's like yeah we're gonna have to wait a while for the next one or whatever but um so you know we 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 pushed in the second year we pushed it a little bit more i did um i did a a blend in september and then i did those three single barrels in december which went over really well and and we did a few more and that, that was that was when i really got to the point and it wasn't it was more about, I, you know, we needed a, a bigger vehicle if we wanted to grow the thing. Like, you know, if we wanted to, at that point, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm getting, uh, Facebook was, I don't even know if Instagram was a thing then, but it was all Facebook. You know, like, people are sending me pictures of Kentucky Owl Batch 2 on a back bar in Chicago or San Francisco or New York. I mean, we were Kentucky only release, you know, so we, I mean, they, they came here to get it you know, which is a heck of a compliment you know and you know but when i started looking at how we enter other markets um, you know i mean we are going to have to start hiring a team we're going to have to start working with agencies we're going to have to start going and, and creating and supporting you know distributors and, and I, I just and i'm and i'm trying to run a run a business at home you know so it it, it certainly got to the point where we we needed um, you know somebody that could could help us grow it and, and move move some more stuff um, but we we took it pretty pretty slow there in okay. the beginning
1: is it hard to let go of that responsibility when it's just you kind of creating the brand
2: I think that that was that was the reason that slowly made sense to me is because for for a long time I still had all of that control like all of the you know how how much, you know how, how much we were putting in each batch, and 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 you know what what I you know the, the the direction, the things we released. I mean, you know, it was it was a great situation for me for a long time because I I essentially had this this huge engine behind me, but they were still letting me drive the thing. You know, and that was that was awesome. It sounds you know.
1: awesome. Right, right. So I mean, it's strange to go from. The brand I work for, we were three people. We were two people when we first launched the brand in the United States, and now we have 10, 12 people, and a more bigger sales force built around us. And initially, as like the first brand ambassador, you're kind of like, okay, I'm going all over the country, slinging this whiskey, talking about it. You feel a sense of ownership to it, even though I'm not making it, but I'm working with the founder every day. And then you start expanding, and like, and your focus becomes much more detailed, much more myopic in the sense of hey here's a few markets to focus on let's not go rush the entire country like oh I kind of missed that I kind of missed like that responsibility of like knowing bartenders in LA yeah. working with retailers in New York I mean, but it makes more sense when you have that focused path where it's like okay here's this, here's the middle of the country that's yours go work on it initially it's kind of hard to like think it's like oh there's parts of my like almost like what uh, anyway says so like kill your darlings while you're writing like get rid of the fat and get straight to the point on that I was always wonder when distilleries, it's, you know, it's a time to say goodbye or time to move on. How difficult that has to be.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, that that's that was not easy, and and but you know, it was it was the right move for me. Yeah. I mean, you know, I it's like you talk about having you know a baby and a and a son on the way, and, you know, at that point, I got three you know three young kids and 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 i, I got to be able to you know i got to be able to look him at him, look them in the eye and be like yeah i'm really proud of what i'm doing and you know i think you got you got one chance to make a reputation and and you know you got so it was it was it was hard but you know i'm i'm like you i, I loved and i'm doing it now again and it, and it's also equally hard that like road 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 where are you going to be next where you know who create all these great relationships and meet all these, you know, amazing people and do all this cool stuff. And, you know, I'm call, I'm telling my team now, I was like, look, this is awesome. And we're selling a lot of cases, but I, I, I've, I have to be at home to make this next batch. Like I, I can't, I, <laughs> I can't put yeah. 60 samples in my luggage when I'm traveling to Texas and get, uh, yeah. so that, that balance is, 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 sometimes hard to find but i i do like you you know you you go back to that city and you you know those bartenders or you know those you know yeah it's fun
1: especially the ones that first helped you out those are the guys that made this thing they're the first breath you know the first heartbeat into this company without them like it goes back to our conversation about creating your mini ambassadors your organic ambassadors and those are the people for it
0: so for me steve's liquor is uh, Madison support us from the beginning our first single barrel and, nice you know I'll I'll no matter what happens we go bankrupt you know I mean I don't know nuclear attack you know sell to someone else whatever happens I'll always have that feeling of going into Steve's and seeing my bottle on the shelf with a single barrel bottle especially for Steve's liquor and you know the the, the work that we do in whiskey is fun and it makes the days easy to pass by but the people that we meet make All the other bullshit that we have to deal with and make whiskey
1: worth it, you know. I know at the end of the day, if we could just go out there and sell and talk about whiskey, or not even sell, but just talk about whiskey. Depends who you are. I mean, go out there and sell it, go out there and blend it. I want to ferment the shit. you know. Well, that's what I'm saying. The things, the spots we love about about making whiskey, you want to just stay in that, then you realize there is a whole corporate side of it. Yeah, but you know, it's a, I don't know. I, Somebody
2: else can deal with that. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I like the whiskey part. And I like the people part. I mean, I, I remember when we did we did the second batch of Kentucky Ale, and, and the guy that runs a, a liquor barn in Lexington texted me a photo like two hours before they opened the store. He texted me about 8 o'clock. There were like 80 people, you know, outside and I, I went to my wife. I was like, I, I'll be back later. She's like, where are you going? I was like, I, I got to see this. So I drove up there, and I got about third of the way, or half the way there, and I was like, you know what? I need to do better than that. I went, and I bought, like, eight dozen donuts. And mm-hmm. I, I was just walking down. Like, people are waiting. I, I was, just like, handing out donuts. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> I was like, don't worry about it. Just thanks for being here. Have a donut. This is awesome. <laughs> 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 y'all, y'all made my mind. Year, right like, that's so cool. That, have, have another donut. You might want another donut.
0: That yeah, that feeling of gratitude um, resonates with me a lot. I, obviously, I haven't had 80 people outside of a liquor store, but when we first released uh, our source Bourbon, we had like 12 people waiting outside for like an hour and a half. I mean, probably like an hour. And I was like, and like we're in, like we're in. You don't know where we're at, but like we're in, we're in the country in between here and Madison. Yeah. Like we're in the middle of nowhere, you know, and like. To have like people just waiting outside i That's was awesome. like what in the hell are these people thinking i was like hey you want me to go get you some beer or something we'll be up in two hours but <laughs> the idea that somebody would do that is it's humbling and it's validating oh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's 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 fun the whole thing's
1: fun do you still feel that elation today when you sell a single barrel as you did that first time
0: when i sell a single barrel i i go well first of all
1: or, or a big do you do you, know, way,
0: I'd love yeah. to talk to girls. Yeah. Those are the girls. Yeah. That, what, I, what I truly love is I want someone to come in. Like, So I'm going to talk about my friend Amon real quick. So Amon's a retailer here in Wisconsin. Amon's Wind Lake Liquor. Um, can I I don't know if I can talk about retailers here. but I'm Why, right. Why can't you? Um, I don't know. What's, I mean, Tide House Laws, all types of stuff. I don't know. Um, but uh, <laughs> Amon's Wind Lake Liquor, he's a, He's very well known as somebody who, um, I mean, he knows what he likes, he knows what he doesn't like, and he's not going to buy. You know, he's, 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 he's very well known for not buying. And so um, when he came in the first time, we tasted like 25 samples. And um, he had tried a sample earlier that was not for sale. And uh, we get through the 25 samples, he didn't like any of them, but he's like, but I would take that. And I go, all right, here's the deal. This isn't for sale because I don't have a label for it. But for you, I'm gonna figure this out. And when he left buying that barrel, and I know all my peers in the state that have presented him barrels and it failed, it was, for me, that was just raw elation. And, but now that I've tasted with him once, I, uh, I, I'm I in tune. I know what he likes. I know what his profiles are. So last time he came with a, a guy from Mythology Barrels, Chad, who's – Chad's awesome. And uh, Wes came too. Wes is the man. And um, we, we, I kind of had a better idea of what he liked and what I should show him. And so he they bought two to split between Mythology and his store, but it all went through – Mythology's a barrel group, and so it all went through the Wind Lake Liquor store. And then But then he picked – he goes – no disrespect, would you be okay with maybe like, what if I was interested in doing a private label for my store? Where I'd make it, you know, I'd commit to a certain amount bought, but like these three right here, I want to look at in a year. And I looked at him and I was like, well, I got to check with my boss, Sean. And that's, <laughs> that's the best part about hiring your friends from college to be your boss is so you get to check with them. And uh, But we, we held three barrels for him and now we're going to do a private label. We hope he wants to do it yeah, when these yeah. barrels are older. But, you know, that was a huge win for me. And when I can have people come in who I've tasted with before to do a pick and I know what they like and we hit it again, that to me is like, you know, cause, cause it's not a, well, it's, everything's ego driven, whether you want to acknowledge it or right, not. Right, right. right. But also it's like, I would, I, one thing that I try to ask myself when I wake up in the morning, I have to do a couple things to make sure I'm a human being. Otherwise I can't show up for life. And that has to do with some other shit I've gone through in life. But one of the things that I have to do on my drive to work is I turn the music off. And I scream until I can't anymore, and this all the energy's out of me. And this is usually like three, four, five in the morning going to start the still. But I get all the nervous energy out of me, and then I go through gratitudes, and I go through ambitions, and I go through validations, and I say, well, I mean, the, the main, the main, uh, thing that I say to myself is, is because I have an imposter syndrome, is I say, you're gonna get this done today. You can do this. Um, but when I'm driving into work. Whenever I go through all those things, I start going through the single barrels of who I got that week. Because that's when my mind's most clear. And it's like somebody you know, Steve, you'll probably know him if you don't, Steve Malloy down in Illinois. Um, you know, I was I was thinking about, well, I want to work with this guy because cause he's generational family business, he has a great store. Went in there with my dad, we tasted some whiskey, and I started going through things that like I know I what I tasted that he liked from his single barrels, I started playing, and this was literally yesterday, I started planning and I'm like, Oh, I know what I'm gonna mm. show to Steve. Mm. And I know what he wants, and I'm still gonna show him what he wants, but I also wanna show him what I think he wants, you know? And like that feeling for me, what it comes back to when I'm trying to reflect on at the end of all my meditations in my car at the end of the day, and sorry, you didn't know you were gonna get a, my own therapy lesson today, <laughs> is I go through and I tell myself before I get in the car, you have to add value today, you will add value today, you're a good friend, you're a good employer, and you're a good coworker because you want to add value today. And once i've said that to myself three times it's time to go and what i really look at with single barrels and knowing people's not to be like arrogant enough to say like oh i know your palette but like when i think i know a palate and, and i'm able to add value to their store and then you get the calls like nick it's sold out 11 days great job you know reddit bourbon um off Sealbox box sold out in like three days blew my mind we had one that sold out in like like nine hours it blew my mind and that idea of adding value to people's lives and having there's so many times I've sold a single girl where I'm asking a favor, you know. And now that I'm in a point where I'm not asking favors anymore, it's a great validating feeling. That's field. awesome. That's so awesome. Do you
1: allow yourself to step back and and like, appreciate that time? I
0: force myself to. Right. Because uh, because with me, I'm so I'm so caught up in here and I'm so hectic. And when I'm not thinking about how to pull more PGs out of a ferment, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, well, how can I build a marijuana processing facility as soon as marijuana is legal here? And then I'm thinking why is my wife mad at me and how do I make her less mad at me? And I know that that should be the first thing I'm thinking, you know, but...
1: But other I'm, people rely on you. You have a lot of people relying on what you do. What's inside your head is gonna help out other people.
0: And, th- and there's an onus on that. Like right. there's people who have... I have employees that have worked for me for six years because they believe in what we're doing and they think we're building something that's gonna be great. And if we come out with a release, if we put something in this package and it sucks, like my three-year-old did when I first came out, I can't support those people. You know, I, I can't. I could for three, four years, but it, we're at the point now where it's like we gotta, we have to start ripping cases, and that's great because yeah. I'm gonna perform under that pressure because I owe the MJ's been ripping ferments for me for six years, cutting the lawn, helping with barrels, ricking, helping me blend on sensory. These are people that I'm, I'm emotionally invested in, and it's time to show up to them. And you know, so by forcing myself to think about that gratitude and think about the opportunity, the opportunity that you have in life to share and touch this many people with your whiskey is, is such a privilege not to throw out like buzzwords and shit but it's such a privilege and I, I have the same privilege too not I haven't had the volume that you've no. had but it's the, the, the act the ability to do it is it's, it's beautiful and I never want to lose sight of that
2: you I know? think I think to be and, and again I, you know my background is the hospitality industry but you know we were we were always just you know I told my team all the time like we're just we're just We're just trying to make somebody's day better. Like we're we're trying to give someone a special experience. Um, You know, we're trying to make memorable moments for people and maybe in anything you do, whether it's making whiskey or serving, you know, serving food or renting rooms or I don't know, selling widgets like, (laughs) you know, if, if, if at the end of the day you think hey you know what i've done to your point brought someone joy like did made made someone's life better was a positive you know and and that may just be because somebody you know you did your work so that somebody was able to do their work so they got paid so they could pay their bills like that like that's huge like it's very fulfilling and and you I feel very fortunate and blessed that I'm able to do that now in, in a space that I enjoy so much. Um, But I I think you could do that in any walk of life and still get that same, same joy. You know what I mean? Like, I I think I I just, whatever it is, you got to find something that makes you happy and you got to do it. And, and you know, I whiskey makes me happy and, So I'm doing it, you know? <laughs> me too, right, man.
0: All right. Me too, man. It's well, just... It's, yeah, it's... Sorry. No, go ahead. The idea that... I'll be quick on this. No, you're fine. Something that you said earlier about when we were talking about blending. You know, like, some of so, sometimes things don't come out the way that they should or that you expect. And one of the things that, that made me think of in my head was what I was talking to Sean about earlier. Sean's one of my employees. He's the GM of our mm-hmm. facility. I again hired my one of my friends from college to be my boss, be your boss. yeah oh, smart. which is the smartest me. thing i've good ever me. done he um, knows all your secrets yeah he does he does for sure he's got my back 100 um, percent but one of the things that we were talking about was the idea that you know we we have this ability to, to to touch lives and to do these things and to have fun and to do a good job but the other part of that is a responsibility to the people that are around us and the people that want to support us. Um, and when we're looking at this thing and, and you know, you can put two things together, that you can have a sample of any of the stuff that you like. By the way, sir, here you go. Um, is, uh, hope you don't mind me giving you whiskey pour, pour it for him. Um,
1: I actually, I have to go tag out Sean so he can take I a pee. I was gonna say, like, I've been here for over an hour now. I'm sorry, I'll get out of here. And and so, Bill can get on. No, 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 that's all good. No worries about it. Dixon, to you, man. Do you have Why more? You? Do you have more things to do tonight here? I have no idea. I don't want to take up all your time, but I extremely appreciate it for you coming. No, it's great. Thank all you. Right. Dude, I, I appreciate it so much.
2: I, I was coming in and they said, "Dixon, here's a glass. Go get some whiskey." Yep. Yeah. And go talk to those guys in front of microphones over there, and,
1: and I was like, "Okay, I'll, I'll do it." We're, we're weird enough guys to do it. I love it. We're not, we're not too scary at all, yeah, so yeah. No. Well I appreciate the time. That's awesome. A pleasure. And I was pleasure. want to take up the whole night for you. I know we. I think we were recording oh, no, about, about an hour and a half. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, uh,
2: there's got to be some content in there, content in there somewhere. There might
1: you know. be. I don't know. My my Ricard did fill up about the last two minutes of that conversation, okay. so switched it out, but. We'll figure it out from there. Okay. Yeah. No, it was awesome. Um, good luck with the new brand. No, I appreciate it. Thank Though you. It sounds Thank you. awesome. You so, uh,
2: give the give the pitch.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, how many markets you go into with it? Sixteen markets. Nice. Which cities or states?
2: So you know, I mean, the the usuals: you know, Kentucky, New York, Florida, uh, Texas, California. And we're doing you know, Georgia, Tennessee. Um, and then, you know, Johnson Brothers and Prestige will be up here in the um, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, a little bit to Nebraska. Oh, cool. Um, so. Spread it pretty, out. Pretty, 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 you know, obviously, Illinois. Um,
1: so kind of the kind of the where you would expect it to right, be right 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 yeah. well that's awesome well good luck with it appreciate yeah, it cool. um you. would love to do a whole other podcast on that but yeah, anytime don't want to take up your whole night yeah. here but let me know. Yeah. i'm well, always around bouncing around the country so pick up more course well, if you're else. in kentucky let me know absolutely I, a,
2: I i got a lot of barrel samples you can come
1: try Any hey you know on. what i like trying samples yeah i'm not scared well appreciate it um and we'll see you soon it sounds good Cheers,